so welcome. I'm Ruth Renger, founder of Conscious Leaders. This podcast is about providing you with disruptive insights from more human leaders. They're progressive leaders and they're willing to talk about the highs and lows of business so you can take away both their philosophy and as well how it plays out practically day to day. You can learn more about the podcast and us at consciousleaders.org.uk. Now this time I'm interviewing BJ Malenga. At the age of 25, BJ is a multi-award winning serial social entrepreneur and he's the youngest award winner of the Queen's Award for Enterprise Promotion. He's incredibly passionate about teaching entrepreneurs and has helped people mobilize their talent from a really young age. He's founder of Super Network, the Business Building Club and many, many more ventures which he does in parallel. I put it to him that he must be a very busy person. It's just that light bulb. That light bulb goes off and I'm like, right, how do we do this? What resources do we need? Who can we collaborate with? Um, And yeah, I I wouldn't say I'm busy for the sake of being busy. I'm busy because I just, I have a belief that um, we can't control how long we're going to be here. And if something is a burning desire, like try find a way to make it happen. Make it happen and earning as you learn are kind of two, you know, recurring themes in my career. Um, And also understand that not everything needs to be full time. You know, Mm -hmm. some things... You can put a team around there. You can give people agency, give people equity to, you know, take mantle and do stuff. Um, and enables you to run further rather than running fast. There's mm. a, an African proverb that says, if you want to run fast, go alone. If you want to go far, run together. So anything I'm describing has only been made possible because of the awesome humans that I'll get to work with and collaborate with. Hmm. So it sounds like you're running about roughly five or so parallel projects at any one time, or at least at the moment. And that's probably more than I've interviewed anyone so far. Um, Tell me what the good things are about it in terms of how you mobilise your teams. Because it sounds like what you're saying is that if you were to go alone, then it's not going to be... You're not going to have much impact, but yeah. this enables you to kind of scale. Yeah, the absolutely, impact. absolutely. So, yeah, so, talk to me about that. So, practical level. Yeah, on a practical level, if you're if you're interviewing Bezos or Elon, they've got you know heads of divisions and they've got teams that they're building and resources they put behind it. So, um, even when Steve Jobs was alive, you know, Apple was not just Apple. There's Apple Music and Stroke iTunes, what it was at the time. There's their retail division and the stores that own around the world and the retail have events that happen within it. Then they've got obviously the product teams and they've got different, like these are all different businesses. So yeah, the way I've built my businesses and my portfolio has been one of thinking about, right, cool, who are the best people I can work with? Um, and how often do they need to speak with me and what resources do they need so that they can build teams underneath themselves and we can grow together. Um, and then put in like, really interesting KPIs or things that I think are interesting KPIs to then give us signals as to whether this thing should continue in three months, six months, one year, three years, four years. Because if you're not tracking it and you're not utilizing data to make informed decisions, you can sometimes be married to an idea based on your gut rather mm. than actual things that, that show that it's working. Mm. So, yeah. so you're trying to beta test your ideas or the ideas that come yeah, through. Always. Give them a bit of a run. Always, and then yeah. you know, when they are running, we review things mm. often to help refine, help improve. You know, you can't have ego when it comes to what the data is telling you. You know, you may feel something and you can push down and try it and experiment, but if you're not hitting the metrics that you set for yourself or for your team, 
you know, you shouldn't be afraid to kind of move paths. So um, for all of my success, there are definitely loads of stories of failure, loads of learnings, loads of things that have kind of like just shifted my mind. And the one thing I tend to try to not be ever is um, operating in a, in a place of fear or operating in a place of scarcity. It's like in a, in a world of abundance, you need to make decisions and you need to be confident in those decisions and, and pull through. Um, and you also need to be confident in yourself that there's always going to be opportunities to make money. There's always going to be opportunities to make impact. And if something is not working, walk away mm. um, or sell up or, you know, move on. You know, there's something, there may be someone else better to take a mentor on. And I think that being a, an ethos and that being kind of a way of life um, is something that's important to me and, and people like me. Mm. And it seems like a bit of what can hold entrepreneurs, perhaps myself included, back at times that we get hold of certain ideas and we, like you said, we fall in love with them, right? Mm. And then we, and then we're like, by hook or by crook, we're going to make this happen. Yeah. And um, maybe we can find ourselves like struggling or pushing too hard on yeah. things. And it sounds like you've got quite a kind of strong philosophy on like beta testing or or trialing things. Yeah. And how do you find that works with those that you lead? Because no doubt others can get attached to ideas too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, when you're mentoring and coaching your staff how, how do you embed that philosophy with them it's not easy that's number one it's not easy like we're not out here to change people the only reason I've got that philosophy is because I've exposed myself to those ideas and exposed myself to understanding different ways I could you know do different things um, so I think it's about exposure so it's about giving people access so like what's holding people back often isn't what they know it's what they don't know that they don't know you know so um, if I'm on that journey um, I'm not just withholding that information to everyone, I'm, I'm sharing it with the team. I'm like, hey, this is something I'm thinking, this is something I've seen, what do you guys think? And we're having debates, we're having conversations about it. Um, I, we don't have anyone full-time, everyone's on contracts. We lose different uh, suppliers for different things and regularly you know, recontract people. Um, we did have employees up until the pandemic um, and then halfway through the pandemic, by November last year, I decided I wanted to just really flip to a hybrid way of working and, you know, have moments where people come together, but then also have moments where people can go fly the nest and do what they want. And I think in that decision, it's meant that the people I'm working with now, they, the work we do with them is not the whole of their identity and is not the whole of their work. Mm. So it means that when we engage them in stuff and engage them in projects, they often have perspectives that I couldn't even imagine or teach. Um, and through that comes discipline, consistency, you know, curiosity. Um, and when we expose them to opportunities, we're able to kind of all talk at a level head about what the possibilities are. Um, so I think that's something that I've done recently, which I feel like is helping, um, working with people who have other things going on, because mm. then they understand the pressures of when things are not working. They also have just a, a different way of thinking when it comes to problem solving. Um, and then they also have lived experiences that we can't pay enough for you know and then that does help improve the work mm. it does help improve the impact and it does help improve the communication amongst us all as well so it sounds like that if if we have and this seems to be where the world is moving and not ev- not for every employer but but for a lot of young companies are moving to contractor models or being set up yeah. like that and that was obviously a, something that kind of you realised you wanted and that helps people release some attachment because it's not their business anymore it's like their client yeah. you're their um their client that they're working for so there's that and also that they are 
yeah taking responsibility and bringing their wider experience to to the work yeah which is what you what you want exactly yeah and with the way the world's moving i'm really interested to talk to leaders about you talked about hybrid models right there's it's so much change it feels like it's going on at the moment and i hear everything from everybody's coming back five days a week to um we are a distributed company now and we we're very flexible maybe we're moving to more contractor model and we we you can be wherever you want when you want and maybe we'll meet up four times a year or something like that um where do you where do you sit on that spectrum i've got my impressions of what you'll say but tell me where you sit on that spectrum um on that spectrum and why what's going on in your mind yeah i think um in the world we're living in now um especially the kind of business I have and the business I run and, and the things I'm involved in, like we're not trying to make any investments that are five-year investments in terms of physical locations. Even when we're recording here right now, we're recording out of a co-work space I, I'm, I'm, I'm part of and there's a lot of space, you know, there's space to grow. Mm. You can bring people here, you can use private rooms, you can hire it for a whole day, you can hire it for a whole week. You know, there, there's nothing that you can't achieve. Um, Companies like the Office Group, um, like Soho Works, like others, um, are offering com- companies, small, medium, and large, opportunities to kind of create micro locations for their teams, um, and amazing offsites, and you know, interesting places to collaborate. I think I definitely lean on the hybrid model of people having their own days to themselves, however they want to choose it to use it. They can obviously come into town and work in the office if they want, but I've definitely developed some really good, healthy routines on those Mondays and Fridays and those midweeks where, you know, I might be swimming at 10 a.m. still. Mm. Um, but, you know, I've done my first email at eight and I'm back on the line again at 11. So some of these things that we were exposed to kind of just really highlighted, especially because we were still getting paid and you're still doing paid, like interesting work, that you don't need to be running around a metro city to get paid or to kind of deliver obviously there are times where humans do need to come together and there's a, a magic that does come from being in a room together mm-hmm. you know I would have never heard about Strout or heard about certain things we spoke about before this call before this recording um, hadn't we been in the same room together you know so human connection is something I still strive off and I still love but I also do appreciate that you know half of my week should be about me, it should be about, you know, the family and it should be about getting the actual work done um, without the distractions of a, a jam-packed day in town. Mm. So it sounds like kind of you're really prioritising your own kind of well-being. Yeah, and, and, and then and then highlighting it to others. Like, so if anyone's asking what we're doing, what we, how is it working, what's working, what's not, we're sharing notes, we're telling them, look, this is, like for example, there's something even in how far you live from where you're co-working as well. Like you may be deterred, like deterred from going to work if it's a one hour, one hour plus journey. Right. Um, but it, it may be too much if it's only five minutes. So everyone's going to have a different perspective. But I think that's like something also important to highlight. Mm. Yeah, and um, it, it sounds like what you're talking to me about, and I think you're you're some. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're someone who kind of operates on ultimate flexibility. So we're very flexible with our space, we're flexible with hours, we're flexible with lots of different things. How do you balance that with 
in terms of mindset of your employees with things like hard deadlines or other things that when you're when you're training people to work with you tell me about who you're looking for the types of people you're trying to hire and how you help them you know use it sounds like a culture you have a flexibility and and how you balance that with the kind of more rigid things you'll have in a business like any business yeah i think um The balance is something that you're constantly working on. There isn't a, a perfect answer I can give to someone listening to this that would just give them a magic stick. I think it's important to just know and say that um, not being too married to the idea and flexibility is something where it's 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 almost like a, a kaizen approach, you know, from Japanese culture around constant small improvements. Mm. Um, so I think. That kind of continuous improvement model. Yeah, so. exactly. And how does that that continuous improvement mindset that you have or culture that you want? How how do you make that happen? Like, how does that play out practically? What examples of things do you do to mean that you're constantly evolving yeah. a project or an idea? Or? Yeah, um, reflection time, journals. So having stand ups Monday and Friday where we're reviewing where we are based on our goal. Um, do you encourage journaling? Absolutely. Mm, yeah. Interesting. I journal every day. Yeah. Obviously, it's up to people whether they want to journal every day. But I think when you're able to see your notes written down, you're able to put some context around what is working and what isn't working, and you're able to see patterns. Because something might be working, but if you're always feeling drained and tired, or if you're always feeling X Y Z, you know, as you go back and reread the week, reread the month, you're going to see some patterns, and it should help you make better decisions and help you get out of a lot quicker before it becomes. A bigger right or a bigger problem so that's something that i i think about a lot mm-hmm. um so daily journaling um with your team having accountability on a friday and a monday um and then like creating safe spaces that's been something that's been really important practically for me so having a, a group of entrepreneurs where you can just talk chat and house rules um, mm. So open, safe open, communication. Yeah, people talk about what they're struggling with or yeah. what they're really excited about, and um, everyone can chime in. And it's just mm. like a really great way for people to um, feel like there's a community supporting them because being an entrepreneur, being a CEO, it can often be lonely. Mm. So uh, that's with your ev- peers. Yeah, isn't it? everyone look, looks to you for answers and expects you to have the answer at the right time. So that's a group of peers, is it? Yeah. You'll be working with. Yeah. Yeah. And tell me, you know, share as little or as much as you want, but but tell me how that support is. Is it online? Is it face to face? Like, I, I kind of know the type of thing you're talking about. Yeah, it's just literally. Tell me more. Right at the moment, it's literally just on Zoom. Um, could be all over the UK, but um, yeah, I'm part of different WhatsApp groups with different friends I've met over 10 years. Um, and people, someone who might just pop in a chat, oh, hey guys, should we connect next Friday? Should we connect in two weeks' time? Hmm. And yeah, people just. People really just have that time to connect and speak, really, which is which is really cool. So again, quite flexible. Exactly. Yeah, you get arranged, don't you? You get these like CEO clubs that meet like every month, and then yeah. you get other more communities that pop up in different places. Exactly. Um, and I just urge any anyone to even create their own. If you can't join one, just create your own. You know, get two, three mates that um, work at a similar level to you, whether you're a high performer or you're just going through emotions, but. Finding a group of people that you can, you know, be honest with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, it will do wonders for mental health, for productivity, and also for your brain care. Mm. I'm conscious that you're 
I don't want to call them staff because they're all contractors, but you, the people you work with, yeah, no, your it's community, like super your, family, your community. Super yeah. fa- oh, nice, super family. I love that. Um, tell me what makes them a family. That's quite I interesting. Think, yeah, what makes them a family is the work that we do, um, especially on my super side of stuff. Yeah, it's very much purpose led, and we see firsthand how certain people's lives change over a period of time. Mm-hmm. So, so explain to people what the super network is because it's yeah, for great sure. concept. Yeah, so Super Network, um, as it stands currently 2021, is a hybrid creative school and opportunity platform. Um, the creative school element is we have programs, curriculums that people can learn skills that upskill themselves across digital skills, entrepreneurship, and productivity. And mm-hmm. then on opportunity platform side, as we've been going for so long and there's so many alumni, we often, through our newsletter and through various different tools, um, put out paid opportunities. Um, so you're doing recruitment as well? Ish. It's more ish. It's more being an opportunity platform. And how do you balance the sort of money side with impact? Like you, from what I can hear from the work you've done, like it's huge and you're, there's, there's a lot of purpose there around yeah. the work around everything from the pop-up shops with young unemployed people and things like that to trying to upskill people now. There seems like a huge amount of purpose with it. Mm. How do you balance like maybe what is the the right thing to do with like what's going to make the most money and um, because you're running a business and you're an entrepreneur yeah i think the best way to balance it is through what they call okrs objective key result um so if a business sets the objective you you have to just work on what your objectives are and you know make sure you're executing it um when you don't have a plan you plan to fail another interesting quote i've always loved um and what that means to me is you need to find space and time to give something a go and to work with the people that you need to work with. Um, and that's kind of been the thing that's like been back on my mind um, when rolling stuff out. Um, and it's quite exciting because mm. the market will decide. Mm. I like the way you, it seems like you kind of surrender to putting in what's needed and then just seeing how it, how that pans out, how it, yeah, how it falls down chipping uh, little by little by little as okay. well you know tell me about that what that means I mean don't just write a goal and close a notepad it means write a goal and then look at it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday Saturday, Sunday and break it down mm-hmm. and then it will happen it might not happen in a week but when it does happen you're like I worked half for it and you can see the journey you went on the progress and thinking about you and all these different projects you run when you're working with people who are managing projects for you. Yeah. Um, if, are those the type of philosophies you want to like pass on? Absolutely. And how do you do that? Like how do you, you've got someone come in, they're really excited to start your project and they just want to make it work and you want them to lean into this philosophy of continuous improvement and really get in this goal, chipping away yeah. every day. I think um, the best way to do that is, um, what the way I found uh, to do it is, um, showing them where you're coming from. So where have we been? So we have a, a Vimeo that has case studies of all of our work. People can watch it, they can consume it. It's very easy to, to see how far we've come. Because yeah, the workshops we did 10 years ago versus now, very different. So number one is a history lesson and just providing it in a way they like to learn. It doesn't mm. have to be all video, it could be audio, it could be So they've seen the progress yeah, exactly. and the philosophy. Exactly. That's good, yeah. And then and in those videos we have like staff, we have staff who've spoken. You also have 
yeah, yeah, you also have staff who've spoken. You've also got um, case studies of coaches you work with. So you don't just get example case studies of client work, but also examples from other contractors who speak. I think step number two, um, or point number two, that's really relevant in that getting your ethos across is onboarding. So what does that onboarding day look like? What does, uh, who do they need to speak to? Um, yeah, what does an onboarding day look it like? It changes depending on the project. I've mm. got loads of different stuff I'm involved in. Yeah. So it, like that, there's definitely kind of key meetings where you need to meet key stakeholders in the team and find out where things are. Um, and then it's about setting goals and kind of knowing what you're working towards. And then I think the third thing that helps with getting someone to buy into your culture is, and it's a very old school, but it's just actual FaceTime. If you're not working face to face, then obviously Zoom time, but actually a period of time of you guys working together, them seeing how you respond, how you talk, all these different things, that that stuff is priceless. You and it, it really does help. So a bit of quite a bit of shadowing as well as like yeah the work itself. Exactly, but so it, doesn't, like it does. But it doesn't have to be forever. It's just. No. It, some projects it could be an hour some projects it could be a couple of days mm. but that's very important you can't be what you can't see I guess that is maybe something we do lose when we're not face to face in an office is that we're we're not shadowing in the same way each other because yeah. we don't get to overhear yeah. all this stuff that's going on around us yeah um, and let's see what happens I don't know like we'll Will we go back to offices? Will we not go back to offices? It's only, all to play for. <laughs> it's all to play for. Only, only God knows. Only, only time knows, you know? Yeah. And what, you know, you talked about, this sounds amazing. It's out, I'm sitting here thinking, flexible working environment. People choose the hours. It's very outcomes focused. It's, um, it's pretty agile. It's got beta testing periods of projects. And then we go, are oh, we go, no go on this. What, what's the hardest thing about that? What makes it really tough? Um, just managing your diary that's the biggest thing for me it's just making sure that you are there and you are on point and people get the value they need from you um, and they love it um, and that's just not easy mm, the balance it's not easy to balance it all so I think for me and for the team um, a lot of times it's about what can we do to make sure that everyone we're interacting with whether it be client, employee or a team member just make sure that they feel heard and that they have a seat at the table. Mm. That's interesting, yeah. Feeling heard and having a seat at the table. They sound quite significant. Yes. Yeah. And when you're... What's... You talked about from a, from a practical perspective what's hard, like with a diary. And, but when you're working, say, one-to-one with a manager of one of your projects, or what's the biggest challenge there? I think the, the biggest challenge there is overcoming limiting beliefs. Okay. Because that's something that a lot of people have. Even done. Even I have it sometimes. So it's like right, even cool. you. Yeah. It's <laughs> so it's just like right. Cool. This is what we're looking to do, and then you're just hearing all these and the reasons why it's not going to work. All right. Cool. So bring something new to the table. Actually, have you look at it from this lens? You look at it from that lens. And oftentimes, when you work through questions and you work through um, things that people are not getting straight away. There are opportunities for them to become a, you know, a rock star and really mm. become really awesome at the job they do for you. So that for me is um, it's probably one of the most exciting ways to work with new staff. And is it, have you got an example of that, of someone you've worked with who maybe at the beginning you saw a lot of limiting beliefs, a lot of low confidence and then what you did to help them get through and 
be much more positive and I guess it sounds like you're talking about growth mindset about yeah, yeah, opportunity it's, it's definitely growth mindset um, different people um, have come to us at different stages mm. so it's hard to say oh we changed this person's life but it's more we just contributed to improving it or to help improving what they want to do um, or probably a, a person that springs to mind is a lady called Dami who does a lot of project management for us and she's now got a full time job for Nando's and worked for different brands um, but she was with us full time for a period of time and that's because she just left her her full time job there were loads of people who got made redundant in the events team that she was in and um, she felt a bit lost and she needed some direction and you know someone like her is perfect because you can literally go right these are some things I recommend try them out let us know how you get on you know mm. and what change did you see in her? I think the change we saw in her she, she came in um yeah, she came in with a lot of politics and doing things slowly, um, which she got from corporate land. And um, the changes, um, she's very proactive in getting stuff moving. She's very um, open and honest with clients who put her on as projects, and she's accessible. You know, not mm-hmm. everyone is super accessible, and that for me was a very good trait that she had that she's now taken to another level. Mm. And just briefly dig into this slightly more, what is it you felt like you did in working with her that helped, like on a day-to-day basis, anything you would say, or what, like, to kind of granular, what what helped shift mindset there, really helped shift her mindset? The main thing that we did which helped her was um, just introduce her to ways that we like to work. Mm. Uh, that was very important. Number two, gave her autonomy to do stuff and execute and you know not not, not feel like you're going to be judged or needs to be perfect mm. so you know getting rid of perfectionism was very important and if something is not great we're not just saying oh it's not good we're like walking the person through right this is these are areas that we can improve these are things that we think are interesting and then giving them some stimuli to go away and come back with the version two um so yeah accountability and then like open feedback were probably like the two things that have helped that individual in question Mm. So sort of coming out of, some people can come out of corporate life, myself included, where maybe there's a need to look a bit a bit perfect, yeah. in inverted commas, um, but this isn't a perfect, like, you know, your world, our world, Yeah. it sounds like this flexible, continuous improvement world isn't about that, nope, it's much it's more open. Yeah, it's definitely more about um, becoming the true best version of yourself, it's about having... Um, there's patience to wait for t- things to kind of like grow and become mm. go into fruition, um, and then it's about having fun whilst doing it because no one wants to just be bored. So yeah, yeah having fun whilst doing it is a very important point. Yeah, and just to round up, really, you talked a little bit about this, but I'm just wondering, you know, you've got all these projects on. You know, you just came from a, a board meeting from the BBC. You're working with a ton of. Um, of creators, of, of project managers, of maybe some uh, non-profit stuff you're doing too. What, how how do you look after yourself? Like how do you really protect your own yeah. headspace? Yeah. Because so you've, you've talked about that. So. Yeah, there's a few things I do to protect my headspace. One, I tend not to have meetings before 10 a.m. or 10.30. There's no emergency that I'm really needed for before that. And I switch my work phone off in the evenings, like seven onwards. You sometimes get dragged into random things when you see it, but I, I've really taken that stuff off. I've taken a full month notifications for all social media. I've been living like that for a while. So when I go on there, I see stuff, I interact, I respond. But when I'm not on there, 
kind of noise going on in that world and I'm just doing me and I'm executing. So that for me has been a very, very important strategy when it comes to making sure your mind doesn't get disturbed when you're at work or when you're riding a bike. And then, yeah, the next bit, as I mentioned, riding bikes. So I cycle about three to four times a week and you know do 10 kilometers per ride. Um, some rides, like this morning's ride was 25 kilometers. So I really got a chance to like enjoy the sunshine, listen to an album and be one of myself. Um, and then on a more holistic level, I like to steam a sauna once a week when we're not in lockdown, <laughs> as I think it's really good for your skin, really good for blood circulation. And then that gets married up with really good vitamins and managing sleep. I think sleep is a, is a key factor in um, yeah, making sure me as you well. feel refreshed and, and, you, and you feel sharp and you're able to add value. You can't, you can't really pull from an empty well or when you're tired. Yeah, I think sleep, I agree with you. I think for me personally, I realised that some of the issues I've had in the past, probably the sleep was actually the core reason because maybe there was a small anxiety yeah. or something. But if I'm really sleep deprived, that thing seems way worse and then it can spiral into feeling really anxious and whatever. But exactly. Hmm. Sounds like you've really put your well-being like number it's, one. It's number one. If you are not good, if you're not well, there will be consequences. Mm. And how do you encourage that in your contractors? You just, they, when they, someone asks you how are you doing or how's your morning been, you don't lie. You say, I've done this, this and this. And people, you know, ask questions and it piques interest. So you, you don't you don't force it on anyone. You just show them, show them tell. So they're like, oh, that looks really refreshing when watching your story or when they're watching something. So then you just, you know, give them your, your kind of routine and then people will do what they want to do with that information. But I think that's the approach I take, um, show them tell. Like, let's just inspire people. Let's show them the benefits and talk about the benefits of the things we're up to. Um, and yeah, touch wood so far. Mm. Um, a lot of people have kind of engaged and wanted to know about the vitamins, the juices, and the roots that it takes sometimes. Brilliant, BJ. I really love your vibe, especially the way you put your well being as number one. That's fantastic role modeling for the people around you. And I think you've got a really nice balance between fun and discipline, and that's really inspiring. I'm Ruth Ferenger, and you've been listening to the Conscious Leaders podcast. We're showcasing the human side of great leadership, so you can learn about what it's really like and gain both philosophical and practical takeaways. To learn more about us and what we do to help leaders build calm, collaborative and productive workplaces, visit consciousleaders.org.uk.